1: Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han, Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Cali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Losing a loved one to war can be devastating. Those who mourn such loss cannot see or feel beyond so much pain and sorrow. Joy is estranged to those who mourn. The true born again believer, spirit-filled believer will also experience pain and loss. They are not excluded to such experience, but they know with Jesus, peace can be restored. The Lord is able to comfort the sorrowful, lift the weary, and on this Memorial Sunday, let us not forget the sacrifices made by our military branches as we continue to pray for the safe return of our service members. The church choir, under the direction of Emilio Hahn, will sing for you this beautiful song entitled, He is Our Peace. The choir will be accompanied by Tiare Summers on the piano and Rose Baku Carter on the organ. I invite you to sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen. Search band, directed by yours truly, will play for you the song titled "Jacob's Song." The soloist for this morning is Seneca Rose Hahn. She will sing with love and devotion to our Heavenly Father, the number entitled, I Know A Man Who Can. Seneca Rose will be accompanied by Jesse Pastor Vince Sproul Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Terry Summers on the piano. Saints, friends, TV viewers, what is it in this lifetime do you hold of value? Is it your house, your car? How about your bank account? Do you see money grow? And what would you do if you were told to choose your possessions or your soul? Would you be able to choose? Could you choose? Many would say, I've worked hard for what I have. How can you ask that of me? There is one thing you need to remember. Everything you possess comes from the Lord. We need to remember, without our Heavenly Father, we are nothing. Without Jesus, our lives are meaningless. We all have a purpose. The church choir will sing their second number for today entitled, Remind Me, Dear Lord. (laughs) ¶¶ The trumpet section of the church band is ready to play for you the song entitled, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Associate Pastor Marvin and his wonderful helpmate Sherylina Bing have chosen to sing the beautiful melody entitled Redemption Draweth Nigh. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this number to Mr. Robert Bernhardt, a faithful television viewer. Mr. Bernhardt, thank you for your dedication. I know the good Lord will truly bless you abundantly. Have a blessed Memorial Holiday and a blessed week in Jesus' name.
2: Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. My social pastor of the agenda and I would like to repeat our television time station and locations in the calendar for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, this telecast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, in Comcast, Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and in Fresno. From 6 to 7 am on Station KVU TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 am on Station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 am on Station KOTR TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 am on Station KACY, Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 am on Station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22, in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30, of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Nevada in Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20, in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on, time on cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work, if view the Kingdom of God through the telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And our concerning gospel service, here in home, State of Hawaii, service held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer service held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. And our Kamaki Branch Church located at 1361 Polo Avenue, gospel service held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighborhood and churches. The service is also conducted by Pastor Rezan V. Casanasina in Kanakaka Mulukai, Pastor Kenneth Alveria in Naina Maui, a Pastor Walter Aitinlo in Hilo Wai, Pastor Kenneth Leonard San Rossino in Kolo Kauai, a Pastor Halavasar in Belogo, Pitawai, and Pastor Vesafara in President Oscar, Baltimore, Philippines. You're welcome to attend the services regardless of the relations. There are no collections. Have uh, you desire to volunteer to continue to start this telecast in the Lord's work? You may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And I'd like to return our program to Head Pastor Ben who brief for his spirit directed and spirit inspiring message. Brother thank you, Jose. It has
1: been heartwarming and a true privilege indeed receiving your calls, written correspondences, and verbal expressions of deep admiration and esteem for our talented choir, band, orchestra and various vocal and instrumental groups who diligently participate in the musical portion of our weekly telecast. However, no matter how awesome their performances or presentations may be, remember that paramount and above all else on these telecasts is the inspiring Word of God. For it not only quenches one's thirst, it is the very staff of life itself, and truly food for the hungry soul. Oftentimes, people unwarily become attached to a preacher, a pastor, a priest, or a minister far more than Jesus. This, in my opinion, can lead to unwarranted situations, which can result in great personal disappointments, such as we have occasionally witnessed in the news media at present. Man is weak, man fails, but you can be sure, Jesus never fails. The star of our weekly telecast viewers is certainly Jesus, and he should hang always your law is upon him. Therefore, with that thought in mind, my sermon today is entitled, Old Soldiers Never Die. My sermon was prepared especially for you in hopes that it will motivate you to become partakers in Christ Jesus. The Lord's path is always a straight and narrow. And for many, it can appear to be difficult and constant uphill climb. But take it on good authority that the easy downhill path will lead you directly into condemnation. It certainly would be an irreversible and distressful fate for anyone to hear the Lord said judgment, I know you not, don't enter into my rest. Therefore, may today's sermon encourage you to take matters into your own hands, if you haven't already done so, and work on your salvation immediately. Memorial Day is a day set aside in America for honoring the members of the armed forces who have died defending the freedom enjoyed by all Americans and those who have fled their native lands to take advantage of the opportunities and privileges found only in America, the beautiful, the land of the free and the home of the brave. As you go back, the day originated during the Civil War when a Virginia woman of French descent, accompanied by others, decorated the graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers. Many think she chose May 3rd because on that date Napoleon's body was returned to France from the island of St. Helena. Therefore, we find that Memorial Day is one of the most glorious and sacred of American patriotic holidays. In May 1868, General John A. Logan, commander-in-chief of the Grand Army of the Republic, proclaimed that this day be utilized for decorating the graves of the Union soldiers. In the beginning, it was called Decoration Day. Memorial Day is also observed with parades and loved ones, placing flowers on the graves of those who have died. Ceremonies are also held at the grave of the unknown soldier in the National Cemetery at Arlington, Virginia. In France, graves of the American soldiers who fought in World War I and II are decorated by both Frenchmen and Americans. Thanks be to God for the freedom we enjoy because others fought and died to make our freedom secure. One day, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper. While Simon his family and Jesus were there, a woman came in with an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard which was the most costly oil then in existence. Mary broke the narrow neck of the small flask in order to pour the perfume on the head of Jesus. Some of those at the table were indignant about her actions. In John, we find that it was Judas Scarlett who began the murmuring. Reading John 12, 6. This is he said that not he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and was bare what was put therein. Jesus tells us in Mark 14, 7 through 9, for ye have the poor with you always, and whatsoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She had done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she had done shall be spoken for a memorial of her. The deed of Mary, which occurred approximately 2,000 years ago, is still full of fragrance. The story of her love and devotion had spread all over the face of the earth. Speaking about memorial, we read in Acts 10, 1 through 2. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Cornelius, a Roman centurion, was a Gentile. Gentiles were despised by the Jews, who considered them an outcast away from God and not privileged to enjoy his blessings. About three o'clock in the afternoon, he saw a vision from God. And an angel came and said, Cornelius, thy prayers and thy alms are come up from a memorial before God. And I'll send men to fetch Peter. Now the Lord was working with Peter. While he was praying at 12 noon, he became hungry and would have eaten, but he fell into a trance. As you read in eleven fifteen verses, and saw so heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and led down to the earth. Wherein were all men of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. In the law of Moses, the Israelites were commanded that they not eat of certain unclean animals. Peter always observed this law, but God was trying to teach Peter a lesson, which he eventually learned. However, Peter doubted this vision. When God asks his children to do his bidding, he goes before and prepares a way. That is why those who do his will can never go astray. While Peter pondered the vision, three men from Cornelius came to him and explained why they were there. The next day they journeyed to Caesarea to meet Cornelius. We read the 25th, 26th verse. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And Peter told Cornelius, It is unlawful for you to keep company with one of another nation, but God showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Then Peter opened his mouth and spoke. Let us read verses 34, 35, 38, and 39. Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him, and we are witnesses of all things which did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Notice that all the disciples, not just those who had seen the Lord, Jesus in his body, were to be witnesses of the things which were told. Then Peter preached in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. We read the 43rd and 44th verses. To him, that is Jesus, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Remission means to pardon or forgive, the only condition, whosoever believeth in him, not them. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard. Thus we see the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit immediately in the house of Cornelius, when they believed and spoke with tongues, just as the Jews did on the day of Pentecost, before they were baptized in Jesus' name. There was a special reason for giving the Gentiles the sign of speaking in tongues, as proof that they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receiving the same sign which was first given to the Jews was also proof of, of, to the Jews that God had accepted the Gentiles just as He had accepted the Jewish believers at Pentecost. Now, the Jewish believers were astonished because the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit like the Jews did. Then answered Peter in the 47 and 48 verses, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Thus, we find this a wonder working miracle and a memorial unto God, effected through the prayers of Cornelius. The Holy Spirit will not save anyone, but the name of Jesus will. It was Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for the sins of the whole world, and only in the name of Jesus can one receive remission of sins. He is the lone Savior for this lost and dying world. The church at Philippi, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, and the church at Galatia were all baptized into Christ. Read in Galatians three twenty-seven: For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The Colossians were buried with him in baptism too. Listen to Colossians two twelve: Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. We read John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born of water? To be born of water is to be immersed in the water in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts two thirty eight. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins And he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the only verification of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, without exception. Why is the name of Jesus Christ so important, you ask? Acts 4.12 instructs us. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is a name which is above every name in heaven and in earth, and of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Naturally, there is a burning question in many today, as to the use of Matthew 28:19. "Go ye therefore, and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The truth is, there is not one record of an apostle baptizing a convert, repeating the words in Matthew 28:19. The name Jesus must be mentioned to fulfill all righteousness. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are merely titles. There is no promise of remission of sins or the promise of the Holy Ghost or the gift of healing in Matthew 28, 19. The word name is in the singular, not plural. And His name is Jesus as you read Colossians 2, 9. For in Him, that is Christ Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Again, to make certain says in colleges 317, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You are not slighting the Father, but giving glory to Him through the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, dear viewers, when you are baptized according to Acts 2.38, you are fulfilling Matthew 28.19 by being baptized in the name, not titles. We also refer to 1 John 2, and 23, which says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus Christ is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. There are three manifestations about one true God. Now let us focus upon another memorial, which is called the Passover. Today we refer to it as the Lord's Supper. Passover is a type of Christ, our redeemer. We read in Luke 22, 7 through 8, then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. We find that the Passover, the last supper, was held in the upper room where the 120 tarot for the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Reading the 15 and 16 verses, and he said unto them, with desire I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not eat any more any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. This was the last true Passover. The Passover celebrated God's deliverance of his people from the power and bondage of Egypt. Therefore, the Lord gave a new memorial supper, the Lord's Supper, the purpose of which was to remember him and show his death until he came again. This was a memorial of a more wonderful deliverance, the deliverance of the sinner from the bondage and power of sin and the devil. He also he took his people out from the old covenant of the new testament into the new, as you read in the twentieth verse, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood, which is shed for you. The disciples met together on the first day, Sunday, for their worship and breaking of bread. On Saturday the Lord Jesus lay in the tomb. On Sunday he rose triumphantly over death, hell in the grave. We read Acts twenty seven. And whereupon on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to part on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 16 to 17. The cup of blessing which we bless is in not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break is in not the communion of the body of Christ. For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. This refers to the commemoration of the Lord's Supper, in which the cup and bread, which we break, expresses the true union of all believers and speaks of the Savior's blood shed and His body given for us all. We continue with reading verses 21-22. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. He cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? Definitely not. We read 2 Corinthians six seventeen through 18. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. The context proves that these scriptures refer to a separation from all which is unclean, that is unholy things and evil people. That is one side of separation. And the question is also to be separated but to God, a person living in the world cannot live entirely apart from the evil in the world. After all, we are not yet born in heaven, but a Christian must refuse to participate in anything that is evil. It was the world which crucified the Christian savior. Not until the Christian lives a truly separated life can he have full fellowship with God, his heavenly Father, and not until then will his service bear fruit for the Lord. Listen to 1 Corinthians eleven twenty: When you come together, therefore, into one place, This is not to eat the Lord's Supper. The early Christians held a love feast before the Lord's Supper, and the food they each bought was shared by all. Some were greedy and selfish, however, and this caused a bad spirit for the remembrance feast which followed. Partaking of the Lord's Supper is in remembrance of His precious blood, shed for the remission of sins. The Lord's Supper should be partaken only by those whose faith is in Christ and it is continued until he comes. Read verses 26 to 28. For as often as he eat this bread and drink this cup, he do should the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine his and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. This feast is the second ordinance of the church. The first is baptism. It is a very serious thing to take the Lord's Supper. If there is something wrong between you and God, as he tells us in verse 31, 32, for if you would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. This means that all true born again believers must examine themselves and confess their sins before God, that they be put away and escape judgment. Some years ago, General MacArthur made a speech and quoted the old army song, Old Soldiers Never Die. I'm not here to talk about the general, but of another soldier in the Lord, a soldier of the cross. He is the apostle Paul. He realized he had about a short time left because he would soon die. But he knew his soul, his spirit, the real Paul, would live forever with Jesus. Yes, those soldiers in the Lord never die. They will live. Forever, there was a time Paul hated Jesus and the cross, and he fought against Christianity. But one day, the captain of his salvation stopped him on that dusty Damascus road and spoke to him. We read in Acts 9, 3-6. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the praise. And he trembling in that he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now the men that were with him heard the voice of a sound, but did not hear the voice, articulating the word Saul, Saul. And the Lord spoke to Ananias, We read the 11, 12 verses, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Paul was a chosen vessel for the Lord and suffered greatly for his name's sake. Ananias laid hands on Paul and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and was baptized. From that day on, he became the greatest and most effective soldier Jesus ever had. Paul said a soldier in the Lord must not entangle himself with affairs of this life. As you read in 2 Timothy 2:4, no man that worth entangled himself with affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. That's the trouble, too many saints are mixed up with the things of this world. Yes, viewers, when you are too busy to do something for God, you are busier than God wants you to be. Put Jesus first in your life, and everything else will fall in place. A good soldier must endure hard times, as Paul did, and like Paul, rejoice in his suffering for Christ's sake. Paul's life was marked by the highest loyalty to his great commander, Christ Jesus. Reading 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, will you be able to see at the end, like Paul, I have fought a good fight? I hope so. Paul goes on to say, I have finished my course. Life is just like a racetrack. Paul laid aside every weight and every besetting sin and ran the race with patience. Yes, viewers, God has a course for you too. And also you ought to say, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Good question. There's so much to do in the house of the Lord. and so little time in which to do it. Next, Paul says, I have kept the faith. Can you say that when your time comes? Jesus tells us in Matthew 24:13. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Finally, Paul says, the time of my departure is at hand, and I'm ready to be offered. He knew he was not going to die a natural death, but that he would be slain. Thus, it was time to hoist the anchor and move out over the ocean. When a ship sails out of one harbor, it anchors in another. Paul knew when he moved out of this life, he would cross the ocean of death and anchor so forever in the holy city of God. And now, if you would like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review this telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComeSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. I call upon the members of the church band to play their final number for today, entitled, At Calvary. <laughs>